Oh, what's up? Welcome to episode 98 of Dropping the X, an unofficial Hunter Hunter podcast. I am your slightly more chipper host, Damn Dr. Foxy Brown. And I am, of course, joined by the incredible, the awesome, the reliable, Ed the Crimson. Yes, that's right. I'm here. I'm doing things. Where's Diego? We don't know. He, If he shows up, he's probably going to pop into the episode halfway through like he did last time. Oh, yeah. I forgot he even showed up last time. So we should just, like, preemptively block him so he can't show up. Yes. But we're going to be talking about episode 140 today because there was no manga this week like we reported last episode. Mm-hmm. And also because we don't have any news. So we'll jump right into it. Episode 140 was called Join Battle and Open Battle, which I don't even know what they're talking about. But this episode gave us a lot about Killua's particular situation. Um, he was on the phone talking to Morale about what he was about to do, and he slipped and said some stuff. Yep. And so he got disconnected from Morale, and Goto pops in, and Goto explains to him uh, the situation he's in, where his father has put a restriction on him leaving the property, a level four restriction, and that requires he do certain things, which is not talk to anybody. Um, about Alaka's powers, um, I think that no one can see, and I don't remember what the third one was, which is shameful, because I just watched it. Um, but basically, he has to make sure that he doesn't say anything that will tip off anyone. What she does, yeah. Um, Alaka's abilities, Alaka's relationship to the family, anything that, that would be considered family secrets. And if he violates any of those rules, he would immediately remove place back in his family's custody. And in addition to that, they'd also increase his restriction to level five, which means that he's basically grounded, I guess, indefinitely. Yes. If he leaves the property at any point, he's going to be recaptured and taken back. So Killua just decides, you know, screw all that, because you guys, you guys are going to be watching me anyway. Like, we might as well all leave together. And so he has Goto on one side and Canary... And Goto's like, what this chick doing here? Come on. You know you don't need her. And Killua's reply, basically, is that um, Alaka is a girl and Goto is a jackass or whatever. So he wouldn't know how to take care of her. And I'm like, that's a bad reason. Yeah. But um, as they're getting ready to leave, you see um, Sibone be walking up like... No, don't think that you've completed all the things you need to do. It's like, I'm going with you. And is terrified of her. Goto yes. also seems to be terrified of her. For good reason. I couldn't really see Canary's reaction to see if she cared. But um, I like the way this show... First of all, she's like 45 feet tall. Yes. I, I like the way that the animation um, impresses the image of the power differential um, not only in terms of nanability I think but also in terms of the authority that she has over Killua as I think she's one of the chief butlers. Yes. I think she's the chief butler. Like her face is just like growing bigger and bigger as she's basically threatening yes. Killua. It's mm. like if you so much as think about screwing this up I will kill you. They don't take you I will knock you out and take you home. 
and then they'll kill you. Yep. And the killer was just like, oh, I really should not have talked to the way I did, because he seems very upset about the fact that I threatened to kill his wife, and nearly did. Mm-hmm. So the uh, the young lady that was walking with her also introduces herself as Amani to Canary. And I was like, why why would you say your name in front of Alaka? This is a bad idea all around. Yeah, that really is. Because now Alaka knows your name and can make requests of you. Uh, but there's, there's a hint from Canary in her inner monologue that she's been entrusted with, I guess, an extra part of the plan uh, by Killowal. Because she's all, he's relying on me and because he's doing this to save a friend and I'm willing basically to sacrifice my life for him. So he can save his friend. And I'm just, as she sacrificed her job or her life. And I'm pretty sure that they don't just fire butlers and let them move back into the world. I feel like they No, I think like that's it. Like there's only one way you leave the gang. So we have Canary possibly sacrificing herself. We have Sabone being big and friggin' scary. And then Alaka, in the middle of all of this, Alaka is just like, hey, Sabone, can I have your pinky nail? And like, Sabone, uh, this is after um, Alaka jumps in front of Killua and is like, stop bullying my brother. And Sabone like immediately apologizes in the cutesy, oh, little sweet child voice. Yes. And as she's apologizing, <laughs> Like, and smiling at her. Alaka's just like, can I have your pinky? And she's just like, oh, but of course. Anything for you. And she, like, they show her grabbing the pinky and then, like, you get... Then it it turns, like, the camera turns around to behind her. And it's everything is blue. Mm. And then you hear the noise, which is way grosser than seeing it happen. Yeah, it's like, like, ah. Because I've lost a fingernail before, not all in one motion like that. Mm -hmm. It's obviously like I smashed my finger in the door, in the car door, and then like a month later almost, the fingernail finally came off. But like, it didn't make all of those gross, squishy noises. So she plucks it off and you can see the blood um, actually drip from the nail down into Alaka's open palms. Yeah, that was like, ew. And then she put the nail down and it's like, yeah. oh, then she's talking directly to Killua. And she's like, okay, Killua, I'm going to disappear for a while. So there won't be any requests, basically, until I say so. And don't give me a reason, basically, to not appear. Because uh, mm-hmm. now she has complete control over when Alaka will make further requests. Because, again, you need three answered requests before you can make a wish. Mm-hmm. And Killua, I guess, had planned for being a for having to travel with other people, but he was expecting that it would take longer before Alaka directed a request at someone. Yes. So then, then he says something that isn't really explained yet. Uh-huh. That uh, he says, uh, you know, like I'm gonna have to make I'm gonna have to make a command instead of a wish. Right. So they, the implication is that you can make wishes and you can make commands. Or at least he can. Right. They, we will learn going forward that there are certain rules that apply only to Killua. Mm-hmm. Which I still think is trash, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. And he basically... He Nepotism makes, and all that. Yeah. He decides that he's going to save both Gon and Alaka from 
what in Alaka's perspective other than I guess a lifetime of imprisonment I don't know um so they do move on to actually starting to travel after Sabone disappears uh, what we do see is we see uh, Gon in the hospital bed I think it's at the very beginning of the episode and yeah yeah that's actually what it opens with we'll see what what is referred to as a nen exorcist so we've seen guys like this before um mm-hmm. comes up and there's like dark nen floating around gone's bandaged head and the nen exorcist looks at it and she's like oh no i can't deal with this i'm not oh no this fuck this <laughs> like nope this is this is too much. This is obviously gonna kill me. I don't want any part of this. Yeah, that really reminded me of like the beginning of uh, Scary Movie Two, <laughs> the Exorcist guy like walks into the room and the girl's head is spinning like three sixty degrees, like willy nilly, and he's like, "Oh no, fuck this!" <laughs> they're like, "Please, father." <laughs> so, if you remember um, Green Island. That particular nen exorcist, he he basically had to consume the nen that's attached to the person. With his, like, nen monster thing. And he had to carry that around. Mm-hmm. And the size of the monster depends on the strength of the nen. So he had to carry that, that physical burden on his body until he finds the person um, who initially um, basically used that nen on that person mm-hmm. and dispel it that way. So he had a physical burden, and obviously not every nan exorcist, um, I guess, does equivalent exchange the same way. Yeah. So it, it is a situation where your life will possibly be in danger, um, and that's that's kind of what's been acknowledged. The fact that Gon put a restriction on himself that offered up his life uh, basically means that it would require another life to free him from it. And nobody loves him that much. No one. No, nobody. I don't think Killo would even do it if he didn't have this special way Yeah, I mean, fixing him. I guess he kind of knows that his life isn't in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Unless, of course, he does the stupid thing that his brother and parents believe that he's going to do, uh, where he's going to then take on the subsequent three requests from Alaka. But even Killer was just doing this because he, he feels guilty. Yeah. Um, this is to balance them out because he felt like he couldn't help with Kite because of the lack of emotional attachment to him. Mm-hmm. And it's also like to even out the fact that Gon like yelled at him, oh, it's easy for you. You don't care about anybody. Mm-hmm. And of course, we're now introduced to Alaka, who's supposedly a person that he cares about. And Alaka knows him very much, as she said. Which, and you also have, um, Morale said that he walked in the room and he basically told Gon that Kite was still alive and there was no reaction because why would there be? Like they, the way they're treating this is they know it's, it's very serious, like Uh Nen inflicted condition, but yet they still seem to believe that somehow words will make him okay. Yeah. They act like he's in a coma. Cause, um. Leorio was on the phone, um, not not the part when he's on the phone, but at the end of the episode, he's, he's very clearly, he believes that if you just say something to him, like, that'll be the key, that'll unlock the door in his mind, and then he'll wake up. And mm-hmm. you see uh, Goto, Goto, Killua, 
Aloka. Canary is driving for some reason, which threw me off because I thought she was like fourteen, maybe. Yeah, that kind of was like I guess she's sixteen now. Probably, I mean, or she... maybe when you're like a a butler in that family, you I mean, kind of have like license to do whatever the fuck you want. I don't think anybody's gonna pull her over at her being a Zoltic no. butler. They're gonna like enforce the law, but no, I don't. I don't remember her being. I guess she she probably was a lot older than Killua because the the last time. He left the family. I think he was probably like nine, mm-hmm. and she seemed like she was a good amount taller than him. Yes. So it's probably like a three to four year age difference, anyway. And she's still a bit taller than he is. Yeah. So, um, in an earlier scene, Kilowar remarks that all of his communication devices have been taken from him, and we see that reinforced here because he gets a phone call on his phone, on his Beetleborg's phone, and. Koto answers. I like he seems like he's having a casual conversation with a person on the other line while still being Goto, which is a dick. And the mm. person is not taking well. And he sort of ends the phone call with, Well, next time, just say who you are. And he says goodbye, and the phone hangs up. And then we see it from the other end. And like it's Leorio. And he takes this huge breath and he let he puts the phone in his mouth with his hand. Yes. And then he, like, briefly closes his hand, closes his mouth around his hand, and, like, screams that his name is Leorio. And, like, Melody is right there, and I'm like, oh. And she is dying. I'm like, poor Melody. It's like, you poor, you need to, like, evacuate, like, 30 or 40 miles away from this Mm. guy, because he he has a serious problem with being loud. Mm. But he's yelling, you know, I'm Leorio, I'm Killua's friend, you shouldn't treat me like this, let me talk to him, or whatever. And Goto is trying to explain to him, like, I'm with Killua. Like, we're, we're coming to your location. You need to relax. Like, there are several conditions in place. Like, we have things um, that we want done before we will help you. And he's like, nah, that's a bunch of crap. I'm not dealing with that. And Killua basically asked to use the phone so he could control the Oreo, more or less. Like, bring yes. him down a few levels in intensity. Yeah. And so he hands the, Goto hands the phone to him after Killua convinces him, like, I'm not going to say anything on Tuor, like, don't worry about it. And Killua gets the phone and is just like, hey, dude, I am coming this way. Everything's fine. I can't tell you specifically what's going on, but we're going to get there. And until then, you basically need to listen to Goto. Like, he he's just that way, but he means well. So he gives the phone back to Goto. And you see Morale come up behind Leorio, put a hand on his shoulder, and it's like, bro, give me the phone, let me talk to him. And Leorio is like, who are you even? And which was weird to me, because, like, you're clearly sitting in this dude's room. Yeah, it's really weird. Like, you're clearly in his hospital room. I know who he is. Like, why were you not introduced? What mm-hmm. was going on? And uh, he's like, no offense, I don't know you. This is my friend's phone. This is my phone, and I'm talking to my friend. Mm-hmm. let it be and he's like okay fine i'll let you handle this but there's gonna come a point in this conversation where you're gonna say that's impossible when you say that hand me the phone because i can do it and he's like Psh. and he Why goes not? he goes back and then goto says basically that uh when we arrive we need there to be no one in this hospital except god and he immediately like giant head screams that's impossible like 
this is a public hospital, there are a bunch of patients here, a bunch of doctors, like, that's not gonna happen. And then you see, like, Moral taps him on the shoulder and takes the phone. It's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I can do that. And he says, there's a big parking lot here, we can clear it out and make it so that no one will see you go in or out or anything that happens inside. And he's like, cool. And Goto says, like, what's your name? And he tells him he's Moral. He's like, okay, from now on, you're the only person I want to talk to. <laughs> yes. So that conversation... I don't want to talk to that other guy. No, screw that other guy. That conversation ends. And then he tells Yorio, like, I need to use the phone one more time. And he calls Nov up and he explains the situation to Nov and what they need to do. Um, so, obviously, it's going to be some combination of Morale's power and Nov's power uh, to create this room that no one can see in or out of. Yes. And so, is pissed. And he gets up and he leaves. And he says he has some people that he needs to talk to. So he's walking, and he's trying to call Kurapika. Kurapika's not answering the phone. And he's like, where are you? What are you doing? Why aren't you answering? And then we got that, that one shot that we got that was all of Kurapika for years. Yeah. Just him sitting down, like, and he's looking at the phone. And I assume that in Hunter, Huggies or whatever, like that's Leorio's name, and he's just looking at it. And he stares forward, and you see he has red eyes on, and like you can't see what his surroundings are or anything. No, not really. Which so, is a shame, because like, when we did see him, I could have sworn we saw the shrine. Maybe we saw him twice, I don't know. Okay. But, um, so Leorio continues walking towards the Hunter building, and when we get the shot of the inside, it's Pariston talking, which he's in a flawless, like, fabulous Gankutsuo-type suit. Yeah, it's like in a gold dust suit. Which is, is awesome. Yes. And he's talking... About he's trying to caution people against like giving a blank vote, and he's like, "If you're gonna, if you want to protest, like we have a mic set up, go ahead and talk into the mic. Like, let us know what you're feeling. Don't cast a blank vote. That would be going against the chairman's wishes. And if you want to throw away your vote so badly, like we have a guy here named Jin who's violated pretty much every rule there is to violate, and he's still a zodiac. So, <laughs> oh, Jig is just straight faced the whole time." So if you want to waste your phone, vote for this guy. And he's like, that was a joke. And no reaction from the crowd, which is the best. Mm-hmm. And so he concludes his speech. And he's, Peon is like, okay, please take your seat very quickly. And you see Pariston, like, slow walk into the chair after he's, like, sparkles. Like, a billion light bulbs just went yes. off around this dude. He finally yeah. sits in his, like, chief king chair. Yeah, it's, like, really weird. It's like, why does he have this, like, super chair? Like, I guess because he's vice chairman? But... I think it's the chairman, probably was the chairman's chair. Mm-hmm. And he's just being a jerk and sitting in it. Mm-hmm. Maybe just nobody wants to fight him over it. Yeah, like, ah, whatever. There's so many other things they have to deal with. <laughs> yes. So Peon, they don't have time. Peon, who's a master of ceremonies, is just like, okay... Um, we're going to open up the floor. Does anybody have any questions, concerns? Just raise your hand and you can talk. And see, it's obviously Leora's hand because we know what suit and shirt he has on. Yes. So she says, okay, the big guy in the suit, go ahead and talk. And he goes up and he's like, I have a question for that Jin guy. And of course, he, knowing that Jin is Gon's dad, and Jin's like, okay, cool. And he's, the question is, why haven't you gone to see Gon? And he's just like... He's like, are you his friend? He's like, who are you to God? And he's like, I'm his friend. It's like, cool, keep being his friend. And he just like puts the mic back down. He's like, wait, that's not an answer to my question. Not at all. What's no. wrong with you? 
and he's just like, Gon really wants to see you. Like, why haven't you gone to see him? And his 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 response is, did he say that? And Leorio's just, what? No, this dude's unconscious. How is he going to say anything? And basically the implication being, like, if he hasn't asked to see me, I'm not going to see him. And just, like, Leorio just snaps. And, um... Smashes the podium. So he gathers Nan around his hand, and they're like, it's cool the way it looks animated, because mm-hmm. in the manga, I swear to nothing like this. No. Um, there's, like, this swirly black portal that opens up on the ground, then it, like, connects to his arm. And you see him punch into the hole. And then one opens, like, there's, like... It's like lightning shooting across the room to mm-hmm. Jin's chair. And like you see the black portal open on the floor. And Jin like looks down as like he like douse it punches um, from the floor up to Jin's chin. And he goes flying to like the back of the stage. Yes. And like this was the moment I don't think I remembered it because Sometimes it's hard to tell whose dialogue is attributed to. Mm-hmm. And I probably instantly forgot Peon was there or that she had a microphone. But Peon is this person in the whole world. Because Peon is completely excited about the fact that Jin's got punched in the face. And she's yes. like, everything's been recorded. This video is going to be online. Oh, don't forget that uh, Leorio said go to hell right yeah. after. And then the crowd goes wild. The crowd goes completely nuts because everyone hates Jin, apparently. Yeah. And... Peon's yelling about how the video's online. Tell your friends who weren't here. Tell everybody to watch this video. She's like, world star? (laughs) Yeah. It's going to be available forever. Come on, watch that. Let everyone know. Let's spread the word. (laughs) What just happened here? This was fantastic, amazing, wonderful. And I'm just like, Peon, you're terrible. You're a horrible human being. Mm -hmm. I mean, I hate Jen as much as the next guy. But there's no reason to, like jump up, shout world star, tell everybody to go and look for the video. Like, they were just yeah. there. They saw it happen. Yeah. <laughs> but the episode basically ends on that note. Um, the preview alludes to Hisoka and uh, Illumi and what they're going to be doing. And also, there, there's like a little dark look at a chessboard with mm-hmm. Silva and Kikyo on it. And it's like, what are the Zoldix plans versus what Killua wants to do? So... There is going to be a continuation of the fact that... And I guess Illumi's plans, because we yeah. don't know if he's exactly doing stuff for the family or for himself. Right. So, seeing how those three Zoldic forces are going to balance out will be interesting going forward. So, you have anything in particular that, that you want to highlight from this episode? Hmm. I do love the Leorio parts just because we haven't seen them in a long time. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, him kind of, I guess, Leorio being Leorio in a world where there are, like, all kinds of people vastly uh, better than at everything. I mean, like really, thing. he's kind of not needed. He walked into his room with uh-huh. people that are way more powerful than he is, and mm-hmm. attacked one of them. Like, he doesn't know the relationship between the Zodiacs, because for all he knows, walking in there, like, Jin is everybody's super special best friend. He's sleeping yes. with, like, all of the women, and they love him. Mm-hmm. And you attacking this dude, like, they could have literally all, the other 11, could have jumped up and killed him in that moment. Yes. 
like regardless of whether the crowd goes wild or not like there's like nobody in that crowd that could take all 11 of them on like they could have jumped up killed them silenced the crowd and be like this is what's gonna happen if you don't vote <laughs> yes oh man that that have made this a very different series but not really that different but he basically lucked up because none of them care about Jin. No. Peon was out of her mind with happiness that he got mm-hmm. punched in the face. So the situation worked out completely for him that he lost his mind because now he has like, I guess everyone, all of the hunters hate the Zodiacs. Yes. They're lording the rules over them and whatnot. And they're, mm-hmm. I don't think they've really ever done anything for anybody in the no. past. So. I think mostly because Netero is there and he's uh, he's an icon. Yep. So he's kind of people just always worried about him. Never really thought about anything of the Zodiacs. Yeah. So now when it's basically their turn to be in charge for as long as there isn't a chairman, people are like, okay, who the fuck are these guys? Like these fucking weird weirdo looking animal people. Yep. Yeah. So. But yeah, that was great. Um, I'd say Pariston's suit looks way better than the one he wore last time. I was kind of concerned that like they blew the budget with like one twenty six onward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I'm just frequently every time I see him appear in the manga, I'm frequently astounded by the shared number of costume changes he has, yes. especially since no one around him changes their clothes. Like this Not dude is, is clearly dedicated to fashion at the expense of everything else in his life. His fashion and his sparkle budget. Yes. I, I'm convinced that that's either something he produces with, with regard to his Nen, or he has one of his minions use their Nen to create sparkles around him. That'd be the best. <laughs> yeah, someone that just follows his rim around and like has like I don't know, like a headset on or something, is like listening to him talk. Yep. It's like okay, he's saying something important, sparkle, sparkle. Would just be fantastic. Yes. Oh man. But uh yeah, I guess that's it. It's kinda Lirio punched the shit out of things. That was hilarious, you know. Um, Sabone is a very menacing, powerful person. And, yeah. That's all I got. <laughs> I mean, what about you? The, the most important thing, I think, for me, mm-hmm. regarding the episodes going forward, is I remember that there's fighting, but I don't really remember who or why or what happened. Uh huh. So, a lot of it is almost like seeing it for the first time. Mm-hmm. I remember one particular important part yeah. that I think we're getting next episode. So, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I like Hisoka's faces in the trailer. Yes. I think that the Hisoka we get with Illumi is almost a completely different person. Like, that's like a Hisoka as the street man. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow, in this world. <laughs> It's like, when he's hanging around anybody else, he's a completely different, like, horrifying person. But when he's with Illumi, he's just like, I don't even know how to react to this guy. Yes. So, I'll just keep talking to him and hope he doesn't decide to kill me at some point. Yes. So Who do you think would win between a fight between him and Illumi? <laughs> this fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you so much. 
But to actually answer your question, yes, I think while Hisoka does have like for having some of the worst powers in the world, he's really good handle on how to use them. Mm-hmm. I would probably lean with Illumi just because we really have not seen much of what he's capable of. Well, I mean, I, I don't think, know. I think Ahsoka wants it more. Well, Ahsoka wants everything more. That I know, exactly. Yeah. How do you stop him? That doesn't mean he's going to win. But in the end, who goes around and does the killing spree? Think about that. I mean, not to spoil anything, but... But to spoil everything? You know, except... No, 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 no. I mean, I just... I, I mean... Shit, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> it's, you've only been on the on the show for one minute. Congratulations. Yeah, and I already fucked everything. everything up. This is how I do. It's like, I join in, say shit things, and then leave. Mm-hmm. Ugh. So, yeah, I mean, I think, personally, if he... If Illumi and Hisoka, because they're like BFFs. Yes. If... They didn't know each other's powers. It would be a toss-up, but I do think that Alumi would definitely have the upper hand now, knowing that Hizuka just doesn't have that many, like what his powers are essentially. Yeah, yeah. And especially too, I think in terms of power, Alumi is pretty close to his father's level, um, which would make him very difficult to deal with. One-on-one. He's from the technical side. Yeah. His father right. Was, but yeah. Meanwhile, he was able... His father and his grandfather were able to hold grounds with Krolo, and Krolo and Hisoka wanted to fight against each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, of course, it helped Silva out that he'd fought Krolo before, whereas yeah. Silva's never gotten that opportunity. I so. still want to know about that shit. I want to see that so bad. Yeah, like, like, please don't know, leave that thread loose. But yeah, it, it, it kind of does seem like he doesn't care about it anymore. No. No, definitely not. I mean, there's, like, a lot of things that just, I don't know. I guess if Krolo showed up in front of him, he'd still fight him. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. With his abilities restored, but it's no longer, like, the most important thing he wants to do. Not at all. So many other fun things. Mm-hmm. So so many other ninety twos and ninety fours. Yeah. <laughs> for him to fight. But I guess uh since you're here now, Diego, uh what did you think of the episode one forty? Do you have anything particular? Uh no. I mean I I obviously don't know what you guys have talked about it yet, but I I mean I thought it was great because it is essentially showing things that I kind of forgot about. Uh, plus the animated like battles and shit, because there's only so much you could show on panels. But when it comes to actual animation, that's where like really kicks off. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah, I mean, other than that, I don't know if as far as um, as far as what they're going to be doing for. Um, I'm looking forward to the to a, a scene here coming up. Um. Which I don't, I, yeah, you know what? I'm not gonna spoil anything, so I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna wait until that time comes. I just want to see how they animate it. Okay. So, oh, is there anything else that we want to highlight before we go? 
Um, I kind of have something outside of the episode. Yeah. I kind of want to have the, did everybody see the last mission yet? Oh, no, I haven't, no. Okay. Did you watch it? Yeah, I watched it. What'd you think? I feel like there are some parts that are are nice about it, and there's some parts that are really not great, and... In the end, it just really shines. Uh, it's like clearly not written by Tagashi. How? Uh, <laughs> okay. How does it compare to the first movie? Because the first I'd movie, I'd say it's better by, but not by that much. Okay. Because I was gonna say that first, the first movie was just ridiculous. It was like because at least like in the new one, they have a handle now, like the. The, the people that are not Tagashi working on the film have wow. a handle on how Nen works. Yeah. So they're not like, oh my god, he used N! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just remember, like, in the very first movie, just all of a sudden be like, oh. And now they're like shadow people, but they have their powers, and then they kind of don't because we're not allowed to know about their powers yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because so uh, like this, the characters sit in a weird place. This movie, because okay. uh, everyone essentially people have their powers from Greed Island, but nothing really beyond Greed Island. Okay, and then also like Gon gets his fishing rod back. <laughs> <laughs> oh. What did he? What did he even do with that? Did he just leave it home. Yeah, he left it at home. Apparently, uh, like they go at some point in the movie, they go into a weapon shop, and apparently, ever since that match uh, that he used it in uh, against the spinning top guy, yeah, um, they've been selling like the same fishing rod, but like colored black, right? Because like, they hey, figured hey. people will want to want to use it since he used it, you know. Or just buy a fishing rod. But sure. Or just buy a fishing rod. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, kids, you want to buy a fishing rod? Hey, murderers. Shop? Yeah. You like a fishing rod? Yeah. Because it's a, it's, it's a weapon shop located in the tower that they find this. But, uh, yeah. So, it's really weird because, I mean, he does have, like, Jenkin power. And, okay. like, Killua kind of has lightning, but he hasn't, like, actually got his lightning yet. Yeah. Yeah, so... I don't think... Again, I don't think that the movies, like, other shonen movies... Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think this series has the ability to do that. No. Like, unless Togashi wrote something, it just be like... It just doesn't feel like anything special. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it could be part of the show. No, not even close. Yeah, because... Unfortunately, especially since it's very thin, big, hardly any filler in Hunter Hunter, there's just no way for it to fit within the story unless you're... Because what they did is basically the movie takes place right after Greed Island, but before they meet up with Kite to go see the ant stuff. Right. Yeah. 
Okay. It, it would probably be better if they focused on some of the other characters in the world, but then that would be a really hard thing to sell. Yeah. Without the lead characters. I will say we get Zushi back. Yeah. We get to see what Zushi's been up to, kind of. I like how in this episode you see Wing for a brief second, but there's no Zushi. Yeah, yeah, because I guess Zushi's not a hunter. He's been just trading in the tower his whole life. Sushi, maybe. That's why he wasn't able to control it. But mm. then why would he know ne- uh, Um, God, I was about to say Nen. Yeah, But I he guess. does know Nen. Yeah, he does know Nen. Yeah, right? he knows Nen. I mean, I guess there I are the people Nen... that aren't hunters that know about I thought the Nen thing was supposed to be... Um, only for hunters. No. I mean, there are right? plenty of people who are not hunters that know. There are tons of non-hunter people because, like, of the spiders, only like three of them are hunters. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, right. But okay, yeah, that's true. So maybe Zushi already was kind of like maybe Wing was training Zushi, and he kind of like inadvertently. Uh, you know, blasted out some men. He's like, oh crap, I need to like teach this guy about men before he kills himself. The, uh, what I'm thinking is, is like, if you want to know Nen as a non-hunter, you have to fucking figure it out on your own. Right. But if you're a hunter, you kind of get like, oh, here's Nen. Here you go. I mean, they do set up a thing to teach you, but you can yeah. also not be good at it. Mm-hmm. Right, that's true. Yeah. You could fail. That is true. Yeah, so it's like... Because they introduce a new concept, power-wise, called On. Uh-huh. What? Which is like Evil Nen. Which is like, it's Nen, but Did it's not Nen. you say On? Like On oh, and like, Off? Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you meant, like, non, like, instead of Nen. Yeah. yeah, like, apparently, like, back in the day when Netero was all badass and shit, he basically killed the, the the last person to ever use this power called On, but somehow it's back. But, yeah, it's basically, like, Kurapika's power. Yep. But, like, with evil, like, uh... But, like, it... It's so extra because Nen can already be evil. Yeah, it's so dumb. Like Just, it's really dumb. Like you're gonna see it and you're gonna be like, "These Tagashi didn't write this." Like you're just gonna feel that the whole movie. All right. So I guess we'll probably watch the movie in preparation for the next episode, so we can talk about it in yeah, depth. Because I think that'll be like perfect. Because are are we still without a manga chapter? This week, or what? do we get? No, no, no. We're we getting one. We're getting one on the what days? It's wait, no, yeah, wait. I thought it was until the eleventh, right? Yeah, eleventh is next Monday. Yeah, so we are not gonna. Be, I think Shonen Jump is off this week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, wait. Because this week we don't get a chapter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this week we don't get a chapter. Right. Right. So we don't get one until next week. Yeah. yeah. So we could talk about it the next time we record. Yeah. If you guys watch it before then. Uh, we'll see. Okay. But I yeah. mean, we could talk about it. I I don't care about getting spoiled. It's whatever. I okay. just 
I, I don't know if I'll have time to watch it, is what I'm saying. Ah, okay. Uh, okay. Gotcha. So, if you want to email us, you can email us at hxhpodcast at gmail.com, or you can hit us up on Twitter or Facebook at hxhpodcast. You can also find us on the web at droppingthex.com, and we're on iTunes if you search for us. So That's right. Give us a review. Give us those five stars, because you know you want to. Yep. Probably want to. So, until then... See you guys later. We'll catch you next time. And shout outs to S. Safan. You know yeah. who you are? Yeah. yeah. You, you know who he's trying to acknowledge. <clears throat>